People say the hardest thing in sport is to break in, but they're not wrong. But in my opinion, the number one toughest thing in sport is to have somebody to trust you. Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, the Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of sports, media, disruption, innovation, all different kinds of things. I'm Joe Favorito here in the middle of October 2022, and I'm flying solo this week as uh, or my co-host Tom Richardson is off doing daytime business things. So um, as Thomas said on, on other podcasts that we've done, we're kind of like StoryCorps for sports, where we want to enlighten people, especially in our audience, for the possibilities and the opportunities that exist uh, in sports in all different kinds of areas. Uh, and, and that's what we've tried to do. So today we're going to do a little bit more of that. Um, and we have someone joining us today who literally almost tracked me down at the Sloan MIT conference last year. And I had no idea why. But then um, as we got to know each other, he was telling me his story, which he will tell everybody now. And it really is kind of this story core. I want to call it the kind of what living the American dream of opportunity for an immigrant coming to this country who really has an idea and has passion and is really good at what he does. Uh, and is able to craft it into not just one pretty interesting job, which he'll talk, talk to you about, tied to the NBA uh, and a particular team in the NBA, but what he's doing right now, which is even more different probably from where he started. So uh, Henry Ye joins us today. Uh, he is a graduate assistant, the, the video coordinator for Duke University's women's basketball team. But that's really just one piece of the story. So Henry, welcome to the Cusp Show. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here. So, Henry, um, first of all, I'll tell everybody, we met, as I said, at the Sloan MIT conference last year. Uh, we were connected by a mutual friend. Um, and quickly, when you came to our little reception, uh, you were captivating everybody in the room by kind of recanting your story, which people kept saying they couldn't believe. So tell us your story from when you were a young kid chasing um, the idea of wanting to be around sports and the path that you took to getting a job, moving to the United States, getting a job, going to school, uh, and and kind of how you got to Duke right now. Walk us through the path. My gosh, Joe, how much time do you have? Got plenty. You got so. plenty of time. Okay. Well, um, firstly, uh, give a shout out to our mutual friend, Matt Wolf. He, yep. uh, I've known him for a while, and then he found out that, oh, you're going to go to Sloan. Joe's there, so you should reach out to him. I did. And then and Joe, you're just super awesome. You uh welcome with open war open arms, invite me to uh to your dinner and then grab my hand, introduce me to everybody over there. So that means a lot. So uh my um uh, my journey started from Taiwan, so after World Away, a small island country, the size of Maryland. Grew up there, born and raised there, uh, and then, um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, right now I'm here at Duke, uh, video manager for the team. Also getting a graduate degree here at Duke. Uh, before that, I spent five years um, in Miami, and then well, start. Let's go the other way. Yeah. Let's start from the beginning. Start oh. from when you were a kid, not speaking English. Okay. How you learned how to speak English and go from there. Oh, you gotta do the the entire bio. Yep. I, uh, 
I hope I don't tear up. <laughs> mm. Well, um, grew up in Taiwan, um, baseball country, but my friends, uh, one of my friends, he snuck in a copy of Slam magazine. And and that was back in 06. I saw it. I said, my gosh, this is so, so cool. Basketball is so cool. The game is so nice. And that's it. That's that that was how I fell in love with the, the with the game. Um and um but you didn't speak English at that point, correct? No. I I I learned English by reading Slam magazine. And um and you know, like any other coaches out there, I'll just study the heck out of the, the, the Slam magazine and then um and I'll I'll be watching TV with the notebook in my hand. Um just make my own personal notes about the game, player breakdown, player play type, all that stuff. Uh, and I did that for fun. And um, and um, my family and I, we got really lucky. We got green cards um, through my uncle. And that was how we were able to uh, to legally come to U.S. Started here high school when I was 14. Uh, can't believe it. Um, I'm 28, so 14 years in Taiwan, 14 years in the U.S., 50-50. So, uh, so yeah, so got there, and that was the part when I, when I found out, oh my gosh, I didn't know you can make a career out of sport. So team side and all that stuff, that's that's not my, never my goal. Um, at the time, I set my original goal to be a sport researcher for TNT, ESPN, CBS Sport, or even better, make it a full circle moment back to Slam Magazine, doing that. Uh, so at the time I was a horrible student, uh, cause I struggled a lot. English was pretty hard. <laughs> so at the time I actually left my first school. I said, you know, let me take a break. So I actually ended up dropping off my first college and then, um, and I had all the time in the world. So for the next two years, I built a website that talked about player breakdown, player analysis, scouting stuff. Um, and, and that was how I really got to really really improve my english learn how to write properly learn how to effectively articulate my sound argument why this is good why this is not great uh learn how to build my own basketball voice and did that for two years um at the time i didn't have money so i'll just hop on my car with the local planet fitness gym membership i'll drive around the u.s and then stay in the car uh and then and then use local gym for showers, which I highly do not recommend. Um, <laughs> so that was my life. And then after two years, um, my website got some audience and some of my works got featured on more established basketball websites. Um, but, you know, that was really how I got to learn the game because sit behind closed doors for eight hours, 10 hours in the same spot. When you read a lot, when you watch a lot, you think a lot. When you think a lot, you you might want to do something you might want to um, write it down and then when you repeat that process over time the game slow down for you so uh, to pick up the pace um, after two years uh, one of my friends he he joked he, he made a joke he said hey you actually write really good analysis but yeah we thought about doing this for them uh, for the NBA and I said no uh, two things uh, number one at the time I was young, yeah, I studied the game, but like any other people out there, when you're young, you look at the game, but you don't know the leadership. You don't know the behind the scene leadership structure. So I didn't know jobs like video coordinators, 
director of basketball operations, different types of scouts, assistant GM, salary cap, analytics people, uh, director of personnel, um, all that stuff. I didn't know what I didn't know, so that's that was easy. But reason number two, since for all the students, listeners out there, uh, as the game gets more and more diverse, but that was a uh, that was six seven years ago. It was kind of a somewhat of a different world back then. Um, at the time, I grew up shy, so I was always very hyper aware of myself. So reason number two might be a little bit inconvenient, but um, but I'm Asian, so it's hard to be there. It's if you don't have another people there, um, it's hard to have a certain trust. Uh, and uh, so if I want to go to baseball, it might be a little bit different or mm. table tennis. So that's what I meant. So, um, so yeah, so it's, uh, it's, I knew it, it was, I was very aware of my shortcomings and, um, it's tough. It's, it's, um, people say the hardest thing in sports to break in, but they're not wrong. But in my opinion, the number one toughest thing in sport is to have somebody to trust you. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I, uh, but you know, man, like anything else in life, we all take the chance, the risk. So, uh, everybody out there, you, you have done that, the Joe and then Matt Wolf and pretty much everybody in sport. So a little bit later, I thought about it. So, you know, let me take the chance and reach out. So I went back to my website, which I don't have anyway, uh, by the way, and I, um i put together some of my better play analysis um and uh and compiled in um and then uh like the 1950 style physically printed men out this many pages 200 pages that much and then i physically um mail them out with the envelope stamps literally 1950 style and to every nba team i just wrote to them hey uh, I would love to work for you. These are my samples. Feel free to keep them on file uh, to give you a timeline. That was 2017 spring. Um, and then I waited for a week, two weeks, a month, and a couple months, and nobody got back to me. So, hmm. but that, that's a lie. People are busy oh. and just so volatile and competitive. So I wasn't disappointed, um, partly because I wanted to pursue a job in ESPN, so, but I gave it a shot. I gave it a try, and that was good. But, you know, also like anybody else in sport, uh, for those who take the chance and the, and the risk, uh, we also got so, so let's Hold on for one second. I just want to make sure that, that we got this right. So uh-huh. you were driving around, living out of your car, doing the website. Yeah. Then eventually you decided you did go to school. I mean, you, you, went, uh, you went, went and got an undergraduate degree, but... During this whole time, and I want to repeat this so nobody missed this, you Uh physically printed out all these things and sent this large envelope unannounced to the general manager of every NBA team in the mail so that they got it on their desk, correct? Uh, At the time, I didn't really um, know the leadership, so I just wrote to this team, front office. (laughs) So there was no names. Just say the 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 LA Lakers staff that's it wow so um I didn't know people like that and maybe because I was younger so I felt it wasn't my place to just put out somebody's 
particular name and just email it. So it was super ambiguous, very, very general. So that was what I did. And eventually I did went back to I, I did go back to school, got to keep promise to my mom to be that first person for my family to get a diploma. So eventually I went back to uh, college. Um my previous school was Rutgers and my 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 next school was Montclair. It's a small college in central New Jersey. And um uh, so yeah, that was that was my trajectory. And uh, but you know, like like anything else in life, when you take the chance to risk, you might get lucky. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, Joe and then Sam, Yash, Matt, also Matt Wolf. Like we all know how that feels. It's uh, you do it, you might get there. So, uh, six months later, I got a phone call with the with the Houston phone number. I picked it up. Uh, and it turned out to be Mr. Shane Battiot. Um, at the time, he was a VP at Miami, and he just called me. He said, Henry, this is um, somehow your stuff ended up on my desk. And uh, I read them, every single page, the entire package. And it was, it was really, really good. And um, it was one of the best. And listen. A lot of younger people, students and younger coaches, recent grads, they reach out to us with stuff like that. But yours is the best. And I remember that. So uh, and uh, that was pretty much it. And then Shane, he welcomed me with open, open arms. Also introduced me to uh, Miami scouting director, Mr. Keith Daskins, also a former Miami player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was how I got my journey started. Just uh, the next five years, uh, uh, doing scouting uh, with special focus on undrafted players and four-year college senior players who were not projected to be drafted at the time. So that was it. And um, that well, was- stop again. Stop for a second. So I, I want to repeat this because because every time I hear the story, I can't believe it. <laughs> so so somehow there was someone who received the envelope at the Miami Heat, like they did at other teams, but yet it found its way to Shane Battier's desk. Yes. Shane had it there for a while, opened it up and was kind of blown away by what you had done. Totally randomly unannounced. Yeah. Um, called you, you answered your phone and lo and behold, you were hired to be part of the scouting department of the Miami Heat. Yeah, that's a- which is probably the most random, amazing story. As I've told people I've ever heard ever. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never, maybe that happened in like the sixties or the seventies, but when you think about the world today of, we have yeah. to send an email. I'm sending quick videos. I'm going to be on TikTok. You did things, you know, and, and took the chance. But, you know, obviously your work stood out so much that you ended up uh, working for the Miami Heat for, and that's when we met in, in March. You were still working for the Heat at that point, too. Hell yeah. 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 But, yeah, that's, uh, there you go, Joe. You, you, you capture it so well. It's, um. In life, the best things in life are the ones that almost didn't happen. So mm-hmm. uh, Shane, he, he didn't really just help me. He, he built a door for me. Um, and then he, he, he really changed my life. The, the next five years have been really life-changing. And, and, and that really led me to why I'm here at Duke. Because um, Shane and Keith, they have been super, super terrific. They give me a lot of trust. They're, they're just... Um, they they really um they really made me a lot better and and because of that the last two three years um, especially COVID year when when the virus situation happened 
um, more and more younger people, they, they realize, hey, life is short, life can be cut short. What's my purpose in life? I got to do something meaningful. So that was the part where more and more people in Asia, they know about me. They reach out to me, especially those from my home country back in Taiwan, the students, uh, the media people. And that was the part when I found out, oh, I didn't know I'm the first person from Taiwan to be doing this. Because I, I really never really thought about it. I just, you know, so many times you pray for good jobs, but I don't really look at that. I just pray for a good environment with the right people. That's it. Uh, and then be happy. And and uh, But never thought I'd be in this uh, strange and unique position. And uh, so, I mean, I grew up shy. And now I guess I got to represent. So more and more, I feel that my calling maybe might not be on the team side. Um, I um, um, I feel that I carry a certain responsibility for people back back home in Asia. And um, so, um, so, so yeah, so I feel that my calling is to uh, an ideal perfect world, hopefully one day with the right time again. Uh, I hope I can work my way up and be an executive for the NBA International League office in Africa. Because mm-hmm. my career is helped by the black community. Uh, Shane, Keith, they, they grew up in Detroit for Shane. And then Keith, he grew up in the post Jim Crow era in deep south in Alabama. So they didn't have to do that to me. But yeah, they trusted this random Asian dude out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And and they really, um they, they didn't really just help me they, they really opened up a company for my people so i always feel that you don't have to be at the top to start paying forward uh so that explained why um i decided to uh to pursue a grad degree in sociology and uh, and, and also still be, to be involved with college basketball team because from there uh there are some issues in college basketball and i hope i can learn more walk away more well-rounded more polished and hope i can use that to to uh to impact um basketball to the less fortunate communities and the international scene. Uh it doesn't matter. I'm cool with NBA India, NBA Asia, NBA Europe, NBA Brazil, Turkey. But uh, it'll be very, very cool to uh to to be at NBA Africa. So that's mm. uh, the reason why I decided to do that. And um and again when I decided to do that, I think for me my singular look is not about I got to have green card of all people legally come here and then eventually got a U.S. passport and be a citizen or I got to have certain luck. It doesn't make me better than the person next to me. I just have certain luck, obviously without a mention of hardware, but, but to get through certain breaks and to be here or to be able to meet the right people at the right time. That These are nice, but I feel that for me, for me, the singular best luck is this is such a crazy business, but no matter where I go up and up and up, always the same handle with the same value, never become too greedy, ugly, or too cruel to other people, be less empathetic or or be less personable or or to want so much so fast to even desire for things I've never seen before. I was never like that, just always the same mindset. So that being said, I quickly know that if I want to uh, do that and also be a GA, it gotta be a mid-major school. So the Power 5 school don't attract me. Um, so I, I know many people in the major school in the Northeast area because that was my responsibility. And from there, reach other people. And very quickly, uh, Dartmouth coaching staff, they go back to me. I know the current Dartmouth 
uh, coaching staff and also the previous Dartmouth assistants. Uh, they have the same head coach for the last five, six years. So, but uh, I also know the former Dartmouth GA over there. So, uh, so, so it was perfect. Uh, nice school, uh, good academic, and definitely a mid-major school, which means no media attention, no NBA mm -hmm. players come out there, uh, limited athletic budget. Uh, but uh, but I like it. I like that environment because I got to learn a lot. So that was it. That was um, I believe that was actually December, late December, twenty twenty. So they saved a spot for me more than one year and six months before I even got here. Before I even you know start my grad studies. So uh, I also got admitted to Dartmouth. So that was nice. And um and well, you know, like anything else in life. Uh, another phone call called me. Uh, two months later, I got a, I got a, I got a phone call from um, from one of my friends uh, at Duke Women's Team, and um, and he called me. He say, Henry, uh, you're going to Dartmouth. It doesn't really make sense. I feel that you belong here. We have a spot for you. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been watching basketball my entire life. Never thought Duke would call me men's women's. It doesn't matter. So you know, Joe. You know what I say to him? I decline. Not not yeah. because of this. I say thank you for favorably thinking about me, but uh, but my heart belongs to a small school. Not because of this overly detrimentally humble agent mindset, but that's always me, and that really served me well the last six years or so. But um, but yeah. Um, now you know my story. So, 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 uh, when how did you eventually decide to 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 go to Duke and work for the women's program? Then there you go. You know my story. I I have the luxury that sitting above me. There's a Mr. Shane. So Shane said, "Henry, give me more about your update." I know Dartmouth. I know a little bit later Brown, Eastern Michigan. Oh, Duke called you, and you declined Duke. So he actually yelled at me. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. He doesn't yell. Yeah. He's the Henry. That's my alma mater, so you should go there. And I can never say no to chance. That's okay. So that was how I ended up here. It's um, I look back, man. It's such a, a lot of unending blessing, humbleness. Uh, I count myself for one billion reason that I should not be here, but every break I got through. Um, it's uh, it really feels like a forest come journey. Um, grew up, grew up a little bit poor, single mother household. Uh, grew up in the countryside, uh, but sport changed my life just like how sport has changed forest life so uh there you go that's uh you're really so, bio now so so two questions before you start crying um <laughs> i'll try not to well, so obviously um you know yes you were there at the right place at the right time but you obviously had something that was different from everybody else that's why the heat hired you as, as a scout um when they went through your stuff and i'm sure they went through it pretty closely they their margin for bringing people on who, who could risk their own jobs is very low. So you had to have something that was different. Did you know when you were doing the website and you know living in your car and looking at all these things that what you were doing was different or better than everybody else? Did you have a frame of reference or was it just, you just knew you had confidence in what you were doing? Well, I always like to do stuff that nobody really does. So when I do my reports, never, well, since I'm Duke, never Zion Williamson, never Anthony Davis, always the obscure players. Mm 
Mm. And um, and I believe five years ago when when Shane reached out to me, he said something like, mm, "I'm not sure if this will work out, but we want to we want to uh, put a lot of efforts and undrafted players in the G League." Uh, and and that was my specialty. So uh, the players I, I I look into, they're always very good four year players, but they just don't have the right clock and the timing. They they might need a little bit of time, and it. I look back at such a heartfelt evolution because five years later, 65% of Miami roster came from untrapped players in the GD. And, wow. and to know that I have such a teeny tiny part just to play such a small role, that 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 really um it's uh it's it's uh but you're right, everything, you know, that in my in my in my early days live in my car, uh uh saving hotel money, so stay in my car and then shower at Planet Fitness, uh, I, I reflect back, um, not the best time of my life, but the best time for my life. And it's, um, if I could travel back in time and tell the younger Henry, um, 28 now, so if I could travel back in time to tell the 21, 22 year old Henry, like, hey, this is what you'd be doing. Uh, these are people that you will meet. Uh, I'm pretty sure he, 1 billion percent, he would not believe me. But I know the, the younger Henry, he will still keep their faith anyway. Uh, so just have faith, uh, do things the right way, uh, surround yourself with the right people because, you know, since I'm here at Duke, so I got to steal a quote from Coach K, get on the right bus. Because the type of people that you surround yourself with, they will dictate the quality of your life. So I always see myself as a combined reflection of Shane and Keith Askins. They, they really, really um, made me the person I am today. Uh, I know this is on... On, on there's not a video podcast so um allow me to overshare just a tiny bit people carry pictures of of i don't know kids family important to them why well, i don't have kids so i do carry these two individuals um no matter where i go their essence and and, and their influence are always with me so right here this is uh shane uh this is card yeah. this is uh, uh keith askins uh making a dunk playing at 90s um so uh they're always with me near or far and um yeah there you go joe um one last question me. is um tell us about your your duties now because it's different from what you were probably doing on the scouting side so so you know and you also have to balance that going to graduate school so how is that working out and wh what are you doing now we're here middle of october so practice should be starting soon correct um, yeah, official practice started uh, two weeks ago, um, and uh, um, first game of the season November fifth. So uh, time is going really, really fast. Um, it feels like it's really gonna um, speed up. But um, my duty here, uh, basically a video assistant. Um, we have, aside from me, we have two other people in the film room. Uh, just help them, um, help coaches, help everybody to save them some time. Uh, no more individual play breakdown, scouting. Uh, now it's uh, XML, play type, breaking down film. Like any other video coordinated job in the nation, it's uh, just do that, spend a lot of hours in the film room. Uh, I actually just came out of the film room to uh, to talk to you guys. The, it's um, I, I learned a lot. Uh, really, really different, uh, just different role, but the game's the same. Uh, the role's different, uh, but I really learned a lot. So uh, So hopefully after two years, I can walk away with a degree, academic degree from Duke, but also a basketball master degree from Duke. So there you go. 
There you go. And so it's funny. I, I don't think there are many Montclair undergraduate, Duke graduate combinations sitting out there for some reason. But Montclair is an amazing school, beautiful facility in a great city, an up and coming school. Um, but more importantly, I mean, I, your story is so inspirational to so many people, which is why we wanted to have you on. Uh, and I was taught, I can't, oh, I, I mentioned you, I was doing a podcast with Matt Wolf from Ticket Time Machine a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, it's the best. And, and, and he brought up your name. And I'm like, man, I haven't talked to Henry in a couple of months, which is uh, why I took you. So, um, so uh, last question, Henry, like, mm-hmm. what is the path? So, so two questions. What's mm-hmm. the path going forward for you? Obviously, you're not living in your car anymore. You've got a probably a pretty decent place in Durham where you're hanging out and an office in Cameron Indoor Stadium, which is probably pretty amazing as well, given, you know, I would imagine the men's team with all their changes kind of cross paths with you from time to time. So, so if you look out now that you've kind of had this pretty unique experience, where do you think your career goes over the next few years? Um, good chance I'll be on the team side for a little bit. But uh, I, um, I mentioned before about five, six, seven minutes ago, I've, I feel like my calling is not on, on the team side. My calling is mm-hmm. on the NBA International League office because mm-hmm. for me, the, the, the YCA, and by the way, shout out to Montclair, they really – really um gave me a second chance um and um and, and of course when you work hard you look back you say oh college is actually so easy so i went back to Montclair last three days that was how i got accepted to both dartmouth and duke um mm-hmm. and a couple other schools so uh so so i kind of found my way to success or mm-hmm. i successfully failed um but uh but you know wrong events teach you right lesson that was that was how i moved on but um, but, but really, um, I'm a big believer in paying forward. Um, uh, there, there are two types of success, local success, national success. That's something Shane always tells me, uh, local success means individual accolades, um, of your students, straight A's, uh, or your leadership position or, uh, in the real world out there, um, uh, how high you climb your, your wealth, your status, uh, these are nice, but, but, um, but, but the second type of success is national success, meaning how many people you positively affected. Uh, I I desire for a quiet life. I never thought that now I have media presence in Taiwan, back home. Uh, I was in Taiwan this summer. I even walk around the countryside and people, somebody recognized me. Uh, it's it's um so I something really stayed with me. Uh, it's you gotta pay forward uh, because not that long ago those people were me. Uh, I'm aware in this space, people don't respond to emails, especially in sports. So for me, if I see people reaching out to me, code messages, code LinkedIn, code text messages, code emails, if I know they're student, I always respond because because um, for me, taking two minutes to respond, not that hard, but it might change that person's life because uh, I know it's pretty hard to be here. So there you go. So that's my path mm-hmm. going forward and be international league office, hopefully in Africa. So there you go, man. So, so Henry, where can people find you? Um, is it LinkedIn? Um, what, what's the best way if someone wants to connect with you personally or professionally? Wherever they want. I'm not that hard to be found. LinkedIn works. Uh, my email works. Henry.yeah at Duke. Great. At okay. so, easy peasy. So cool. Yeah, it's uh, I'm very easy to be found. Not that hard. Great. Well, once again, Henry, thanks for joining us on the Cusp Show this week. It was amazing. Awesome. Thank you all for sharing your time with me. I salute to you all. Shout out to you again for helping me with uh, getting to know you. Once again, if you've been listening to us, you've heard the amazing story of Henry Yeh, 
going from homeless driving around, learning English, uh, reading Slam magazine uh, in his native country, and now has gone on to be a, heat, a scout for the Miami Heat, now working in uh, on the basketball graduate side with Duke women's basketball. It's an amazing story. You know, one of those stories we love to tell here on the Cusp Show. Once again, I'm Joe Favorito. Thanks, for Henry, for joining us. Uh, for my co-host, Tom Richardson, we will see you down the road.